cards on my card again. Ladies and gentlemen, wunderbar, welcome and bienvenidos, welcome to Write the Radio. As always, I am your boy Bobby Dubs, and always to my right, Matt Meritea. Matt, how you doing? Hey, hey, what do you say? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. You doing well? I didn't didn't deal with traffic. I came on 295 north to the one, you know. Scooted by Langhorn, didn't get caught in construction. Yeah. You hit the boulevard. Yeah, I hit the boulevard because that's just the closest route coming from my house. Uh, and there's pockets of like just stop, <laughs> sit there. <laughs> there, are, there are select pockets, and then you get like the space where you can like ball out, and then you be wary of the uh, the traffic cameras and all of that because they got the, yep, the speed yep. limit cameras and the red light cameras. So. It's like playing Grand Theft Auto or some shit. <laughs> I'm trying to go as fast as I can, but also stay within the, the legal limits. So I, I remember the first I time get I, that ticket in the mail. I remember the first time I started traveling regularly on the boulevard, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that has to be one of the most dangerous roads in the world. Absolutely, me and my buddies we call it the bully <laughs> boulevard. Like if if somebody was to ask me, like if they were if there was like a random like Billy on the street person who was like, where do most people in the United States get run over? I'd be like Roosevelt Boulevard. Exactly. Like like literally, and then it's a shame that we have so much of it that, that it, it it becomes a daily recurrence. But me and a buddy of mine, he literally we we send each other pictures when we're on the boulevard and we spot an accident. Mm-hmm. We take a picture, and then the caption is always another victim of the bully. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and literally, you can get three, four a week if you're on a. I'm not gonna say if you're on a good week. It's not good for people to get car accidents, but you know, <laughs> on a nice steady week, you can get three, four accidents. I'd be willing to wager there's an entire like subreddit dedicated. <laughs> to Roosevelt Boulevard accidents, oh, sure. People selling pretzels and overpriced Gatorades on the side of it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Like tow truck companies have an entire file dedicated to just the boulevard. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at the boulevard section for that car. I think them. Uh, uh, we, we got a wreck. Where? Uh, boulevard. Ah, send the rookie to do it. <laughs> the rook. That should be a good warm up for. <laughs> It's like like a police procedural. It's in the rook. This is a good one for him to warm up on. Like where'd they send the new guy to the boulevard? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> is it Ben Simmons? You can be traded if you can cross the Roosevelt Boulevard. Yes. walking, walking <laughs> without drawing a foul. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> anyway, usually on this program we talk about sports, so that's a, what we're gonna do. Uh, Is dodging traffic not a sport? Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I truly believe dodging traffic is a sport. There is a point system involved, dude. They they should just have Frogger itself as like an actual sport where you are the frog. Like just be like my boy Costanza, and they make you lug something across the street and dip and dodge until you get to the other side. Yeah, that should be a thing. I don't know who I need to write to the Olympic Committee to put that on the ballot for uh, for twenty twenty what twenty eight one. But I'm putting that on the ballot for twenty twenty four. We gotta have a <laughs> running through the, running through traffic. We need that gold medalist. 
and this will be from some absurd like you America should take that easily. Yeah. But but I got a feeling it's gonna be like some absurd traffic ridden country in like <laughs> Eastern Europe somewhere. No, it, it'll come down to like the Americans or the Chinese, right? Yeah. Or wherever there's the most cars. Yeah, like, like the guy out of Tokyo or Hong Kong or, or maybe Japan. Like the like Japanese traffic patterns are insane from like some of the videos and like clips yeah. I've seen online. The Russians won't do it. I've seen too many or, Russian road rage or, videos. Uh, they they can't handle the full somebody crossing. Somebody from India. Yeah. Somebody from India. Like somebody from like, yeah. where it's like a billion people <laughs> in the street at all times. But, oh, man. You're going to things that make you want to run in traffic. We talk about the Eagles the last couple of weeks. They did lose again, this time to the Kansas City Chiefs, this time by, I think, at least 20 points. What is it, 42, 20? Oh no! They got to 30. 30. They got to 30. It was 12. 12. It wasn't, they were down by as many as 20, but they did get to 30. So kudos to them. But they did lose again. <laughs> um, I asked you, Matt, how worried are we on a – on a scale of one to ten, how worried are you as far as what you thought this team's potential could be to what you're seeing in full in the last two weeks? Well, I had them at zero and four right now, so technically they have exceeded my expectations. You had them <laughs> losing to Atlanta. I did. I had no idea Atlanta was going to be so terrible. I did. <laughs> I think people would, you know, people that took the time to do some research did, but uh. I thought I see the team. I'm not so. I thought Kyle Pitts was going to come out the box and destroy them. Nah, nah. Turns out Cordero Patterson is a weapon. Exactly. Cordero Patterson is the go to guy. But no, the team I was surprised about was San Francisco. Like, I'm more upset they're not at least two and two right now than, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever happened with Dallas and Kansas City, who I think are two far better especially offensive teams right. that should have beaten them. Those were penciled Those, in yeah, losses. L's, yeah. Right, right. yeah. These are going to be L's until we get things situated or whatever. So did you take part in Moral Victory Monday? No, I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> no. That's a violation. We're not doing a Moral Victory thing shit. No, no, they lost. They lost, and there were some issues. I was ha- I was happy, though. There were, there were some things I was happy about. Like you said, they did put up the 30 spot. I was happy about that. And, like, I just want to see from a competent standpoint. They put up a 30 spot on defense, 31 in the league. Yes. like And, that, and that's my thing. From a competent standpoint, I want to see that you can do what you're supposed to do against the opponent you have. Mm-hmm. If you're facing a team who is that bad on defense as far as scoring defense, uh, running defense, uh, rushing touchdown, things of that nature, uh, a team that gives up 30-plus a game, and you go out there and let's say they gave me 10, I would be pissed. I would right. be like, yeah. that's an issue. Like Even mm-hmm. against a team this bad defensively, you couldn't even get it done. But this says, given the right amount of you know practice and scouting and seeing what their opponent's weaknesses, they can do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have... I don't mind them losing a game where it was like a shootout for the most part. And then, you know, things kind of got further away as they stopped being able to score with them every time. Mm-hmm. Anthony Anthony Gargano got to maintain bragging rights with his boy Spags. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I can't, I can't even take a shot. I, I love Gorgano. It's just <laughs> him and the Spags talk from like even years ago that's when you, the Eagles needed world. a defensive whole bunch coordinator. of yeah. ending last names. Spagnolo. If I could, I would have those guys both over Christmas for the seven fishes. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, them two and Sirianni. I mean, it would be a whole <laughs> there thing. There you go. Yeah. There you have it. <laughs> He's bringing the smelts. <laughs> the smelts. <laughs> but uh, it, it, uh, were you encouraged by Jalen Hurts' play? Yeah, because that's that's sort of the focus the of the I season. Yeah, it was much better than the week before. I didn't see. Uh, I saw him get back on the same page with Devontae Smith. For the most part, you know, mm-hmm. he was fond of him when he was open. He was fond of him when he was getting separation. So I was happy about that. Like I was encouraged by, okay, they're getting back at it. They're, he's seeing when he's open. He's taking what the, the defense is giving him. And he's doing that. And he was effective. He had 300, I think he had 300 yards passing. And uh, he threw a couple touchdowns. So, like, he was doing his thing. And it is encouraging moving forward that, you know, he could get back to what we saw uh, which I think is more him week one than what we saw in week two. Um, I still think he needs to work on some of the mechanics that will help him with the deeper throws. I still think this team is hurting for a, a, a legit deep threat. Like you have one big play to Quez and then that's like it. Like you can't trust this team to pass throw the ball past 10 to 15 yards. Like everything is short and in or, you know, out the backfield, they're doing the bubble screens, things like that. But I can say I'm I'm, I'm happy with what I saw from Jalen. It seemed like they progressed. It just was a, a point of not being able to keep up and then the defense not being able to get one or two stops that really could have, you know, changed things in the game. Again, this is a defense who isn't getting turnovers, mm-hmm. which I need to talk to your boy Gannon and what what's up? Like, do they, they teach trying to rip at the ball? Do they teach – <laughs> breaking on the ball, any of that. I mean, do, I mean, do do we have to teach? I can't go through another season where they don't take the ball away. Do, do we got to teach ripping the ball to NFL players? Right, these guys are legitimate NFL players. We know Derek Barnett. We got to right? teach him tackling. I mean, I think strip sack is his biggest accomplishment yeah. as an NFL player. Right, he should know how to do that. Of it course, he can't down. get to the quarterback unless it's after the play. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's besides the point. Right, it's. I don't think we have the personnel to make turnovers, right? Darius Slay is a good cover corner, but he's not a turnover guy. Stevie Nelson, a good number two cover corner, not a turnover guy, right? And and the safeties, I mean, Rodney McLeod might eventually play. Yay. You know, McLeod's a a good all-around guy, but he's not a... Right. Exactly. If he was a pro, if he was a pro bowler, it's not now. Takeaways. Yeah. And they're really anybody, like their way they would get takeaways is apparently Eric uh, Wilson. Strip, strip sacks, uh some interceptions where yeah. there's pressure, things like that. It's gonna be derived from the pass rush. Yeah. Each and every single time. They're either gonna get bad throws because of the pass rush, or the pass rush is gonna get home and the quarterback's gonna fumble. And that's the type of thing you're gonna see. But you're not going to see a lot of ripping and tearing. The linebackers aren't that good at tackling. They're not going to be the guys that meet the running back in the hole and are able to jar the ball loose. Again, the defensive backs, the corners, they can cover, and you know, you're know you not going to get a whole lot of yak. We didn't see a whole bunch of that unless you know they were attacking the zone. 
and uh, finding the holes. Then you can get four or five, six yards yak after the catch. We saw some of that. But even the la- the first, you know, four weeks or whatever, it, it was nice to see that, you know, there were certain things that they did kind of have under control, like not letting people run all crazy with the ball. Like most mm-hmm. of it was they, you know, they caught the ball and they were down where they caught it. But like you said, they they don't have the guys that are going to just generate these turnovers. They're going to have the what we used to call back in the day the ball hawks and stuff like that. Like they just don't. I right? mean, there's no right. We've had one of those guys. Right? We've had an Asante Sand. Yes. Right. We know how he plays, and we know how frustrating it was at times. But the man could, you know, he could catch a football on the defensive side of it, and he was going actively, you know, for you know turnovers. That's just who he was as a player. We don't have. You know any of those personnel with us, and you know I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but there has to be you know some sort of emphasis on it, right? If you have an opportunity, you know take it. But at the same time, I don't think that there's trust in you know from the cornerbacks to the safeties. No, not at all. Right? If I'm a cornerback, I'm scared of getting beat. Right? If I go for yeah. a ball. That's, you read my mind. Is Epps like, making a tackle? Guys that are my dude uh, Epps is still on the field. How? <laughs> I've been Epps. raging against this guy since the preseason. Man is, like, man is like, I'd prefer Omar Epps at this point. <laughs> at least Omar. Get Epps. me Quincy McCall in this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> get me love and basketball. Omar Epps. Put him in pads. Oh man, he said, give me Major League Two Willie Mays Hayes. <laughs> Something. <laughs> At Major League One, Willie Mays Hayes could be a linebacker. He'd probably be our number three linebacker. All right. Oh, man. (laughs) The thing that does worry me, though, if anything worries me, it's the damn penalties. It's week after week after week where they're just getting flagged up like crazy. Like, some of it is ticky-tacky. Some of it is I just think the refs just don't fucking like us. Like, they're not going to give us calls, and they're going to call stuff on us. But also— You're at that that point in the season? (laughs) I've been that boy in my Eagles fandom since I was about 10. <laughs> uh, you know what? We're just not going to get calls. That's why, again, when I was talking to the guys at um, the bar, go make sure you go to uh, the uh, Henry James Saloon. <laughs> Henry James Saloon uh, Sundays for Bell and the Birdman. I was talking to Barn and, from uh, driving in the right lane, and I was talking about how certain things I saw that made me know in 2017, like it was a wreck. Like, we're going to win the whole thing. There's nothing that can stop us. This is destiny. This is supposed to happen. And one of those things were calls that just inexplicably went our way that would never go our way. Any other day on any other Sunday, they're not calling uh, Corey Clement's catch a touchdown. They're not calling Ertz's catch a touchdown. They're not calling any of that stuff in our favor. Well, any other day. To be fair, all, all of those were catches. Like, it, by the letter of the law, they were definitely catches. By the letter of the law, like, once they Co- Chris the Collinsworth rules. is just so... But the thing was, they said... I, I don't, I don't know. There's just Collinsworth said, is so convincingly stupid about the rules <laughs> that he made us believe that those weren't catches. No, and but Al Michaels was, is literally just... You know, probably watching his own phone, looking at his gambling <laughs> profile. Because I'm convinced Al Michaels is a compulsive gambler. Oh, for and sure. I'm 100 for. I'm all about. I want Al Michaels to Degenerate. like once he retires <laughs> to just go full Munzberger, just go full into the gambling. <laughs> no, my whole thing was I remember them announcing that they were thinking about 
rule changes mm-hmm. and things like that as far as what a catch was, what instituted a catch after the whole Jesse James debacle and things like that and other catches that were ruled not catches. Yeah, and they were yeah. like, well, these are going to be the rules going forward mm-hmm. next season, but we're going to institute these rules in this game. Right. So they were catches. They were ruled catches in this game that earlier in the season they were saying, you know, wasn't a catch. Mm-hmm. So it was like, all right, this is how we're going to look at it moving forward. Let's start right here in the biggest game of the year. And then, you know, by the letter of the law going forward, yes, those are catches. But by <laughs> some of the decisions they were making earlier that season, <laughs> a little wishy-washy. But I was just saying, that's just to say, yeah. like, that's when I knew, you know, things were going our way. Like, stuff, we would we would – we wouldn't have 10, 12 penalties in a game, give up 100 penalties. Well, for, for me, it was the, if we're going off 2017 and like penalties that weren't penalties, uh, what Jalen Mills on Julio Jones. That would probably 100% pass interference contact, in, at least. in the regular season, yeah. right? There may be a little playoff leeway, but the fact that that call didn't go against us for what I felt like was the first time Especially ever. Especially when he that, was yeah. like due to get pass interference. Yeah. You could count on him for one a yeah. game. And Jalen was my guy. <laughs> Put a lot of Jalen stock. But like you yeah. knew like oh, Green man. Goblin. That was Green Goblin's biggest Eagles exactly. highlight. Exactly. Like it was like you knew third down, if it's more than ten, they're throwing the ball to his side. Mm-hmm. And unless we can completely get out of it. We get like some pressure, and it's a bad throw. We're gonna get a, we're gonna yeah. get a penalty flag because he's gonna grab the guy once the guy beats him on a move. And he just knew that. But yeah, but like the penalties this season have just been like horrendous from not only some of the stuff that's ticky tack, but the mental mistakes, the the false starts. Like I get it. I get it. Dillard's not that good, but damn. I mean, how many times can you hold or fall start or be in the wrong position or be too far up the damn field and all of that? Like, that's on you, not knowing where you are on the field. To to be fair, it, it, and we'll get to this at some point, but I think, like, the penalties like that, right? Like the uh, ineligible lineman downfield, that is a product of the offense, right? Yeah, and it's a bad play calling. That's call, call, Plays that aren't executed well. well okay, I'll yeah. Say that. Well, not there, executed. There, there well. you go. There you go. Not there, executed see, well. So to the point where there, your there are the side to go up right. the field. There are the, the sides of the coin, right? Because we have is it a bad play call by Sirianni in that situation? Is it a bad execution by Hertz? Is it a bad read? Right? Should they have just called a straight up running play? Like these are the things that I think are starting to become a uh, you know. A, a, you know, a, a problem because we don't know what's going on. Uh, our guy uh, Chuck in the chat is talking about how uh, you know the head coach has to call out you know the the Barnets of the world. You know, uh, coach said he doesn't do it because he would take away reps in practice, uh, but in games it's killing us with penalties. Right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. They, they've talked about that about not maybe stopping the practice for penalties, which is, I mean, I can understand why you don't do that. It's like you know, I coach hockey, right? It's I'm not going to stop the practice, you know, for and off sides. No. Right. Going across the line because just we have to keep it going. And God knows I'd be working that whistle a lot. I don't know if I have the lung capacity for that anymore, but there has to be a certain standard, right? Held in practice. And you have to hold a guy like a Derek Barnett more accountable. You have to be on him. But I'm not sure that's necessarily the coach, right? <laughs> like we, Fletch has got to be up in his face, right? I want BG limping in there or rolling in there on one of those scooters, right? Because Derek Barnett's not going to listen to Nick Sirianni. No, not at all. He, no, didn't listen to Doug Peterson. In a way that 
you know, things have gone with uh, Sirianni lately in the press conferences and his explanations for things. He doesn't inspi- he doesn't inspire a whole lot of uh, not only admiration but mm-hmm. hope or whatever. Like within the players within the locker room, it's not like all right, I can get behind this guy. He's 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 got a he's trying his his fucking hardest. I'll give him that. He's trying like nobody's business to be the quote unquote players' coach. Like I got everybody's back. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing the shirts. I'm wearing the stupid hats. I'm like I I, I love you guys. So you know. It, but that only works to a certain extent. You still have to hold people accountable when they don't do the right things. Like one of the people that was good for that was uh, Tony Dungy. I love when Tony yeah. Dungy was coach because yep. his whole thing was, yeah, he's going to say something. He might not yell and scream and curse because that's not his thing. He was the Christian the Christian coach and everything. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't going to curse and scream at you, but he wasn't going to tell you you were doing something wrong. And it was the point that he showed he cared so much that his players would say it wasn't that we didn't want to – do something wrong because he would yell at us. I didn't want to let him down. Right. I didn't yeah. want to disappoint yeah. him. I respected him and loved him that much. Mm-hmm. So I tried not to make a mistake. And Nick Sirianni doesn't have that with this group of players because he is fresh off the boat, just got in here. It really hasn't built that rapport. So right. well, he's going to have to do something different. I mean, it takes time, right? Like, Look at a guy like Mike Tomlin. He's not necessarily your biggest X's and O's guy. No, he's the cheerleader he, dude. Yeah, he's, he's the player guy. Right. And he got lucky to have a veteran team. Right. And have those guys immediately in that turnover with Bill Cower. And he had some success with the record just because the Steelers are in in a poor division. And also, yeah, I mean, you had really good players. Right. But Sirianni doesn't have the benefit of that. Yeah. Sirianni strikes me as a guy who would be at, he would be an excellent college coach. Right. He's like an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid coming to campus on scholarship or maybe a walk-on. They would yeah. buy into all this immediately. Yes. Right? The problem is, I mean, I think there's guys who are just playing out the clock of their careers or their contracts, right? Mm-hmm. Because the Eagles, I mean, we know they're not going anywhere this year. Yeah. Uh, they weren't going anywhere since last year, right? And it's, you know, I'm still going to get my money, right? It doesn't matter whether or not I have Pretty this much. dog mentality. Exactly. Right? So... Next year, like let's say everything goes perfectly according to plan, which is how he's planned, which is then basically bomb the rest of the season, and they manage to hold on to that Colts number one pick, and you know the Dolphins finish like within the top ten. They get three top ten picks, three top fifteen picks, right? Then you've remade the team yeah. with three first rounders. I was thinking the same thing. Young Again, guys, everybody's buying it. I was like, yeah. you get him a chance to have his guys, quote unquote, like yeah. guys he drafted, guys he believed in, guys he can instill his uh, train of thought in mm-hmm. from the jump, from the minute they walk in the building. Then you'll get a better sense of uh, guys that are willing to listen to him, uh, will take heed when he gives direction and that will take him seriously. But until then, and you got a bunch of guys, like you said, might be on their way out, may, maybe playing for self so they can get a bigger contract somewhere else. Guys that may be at the, the end of their run, the end of their careers. Not to say that uh, a guy like a Brandon Graham would do anything like that yeah. or, or Kelsey. Those, those are pretty responsible guys that will give him the respect due. Because they are those guys, but you got other guys that are like in the middle, those five, six year type players that might just be like, you know what, I'm just gonna ride this out. He ain't gonna last long, or this whole thing ain't gonna last long, and I can get go somewhere else as long as I individually uh, play okay. 
So yeah, like once he gets his guys, like you said, if he's got three first round picks that are going to be maybe big, clearly big names uh, that he can mold that are will be direct, uh, directly linked to him and his philosophies and whatnot, I think it'll be better off. Like it just like if Alex Singleton if Alex Singleton retired tomorrow, like he would have a job on Sirianni's staff. I can see that. Oh yeah, he's a guy that probably loves Sirianni, but you know. It, I, there's just so many clashing personalities and, and a lot of it was there under Doug and he didn't necessarily have that strong personality or that ability to really rise above that. I think in a way when you had like the Frank Wrights and you had Carson and Nick, right. And you had the relationship I know between Carson and Fletcher Cox, there was a little continuity there. And, you know, Frank Reich was a very Christian guy. And I think a lot of that was reflected throughout the team and it yeah, worked for they some would reason go, they yeah. would go to like group prayer yeah uh, having a bible study and things like that they would go in like large groups to go and pray and read the bible and do all that stuff like they were literally like really a family yeah like that whole mantra like we'll look back and say maybe it was corny but they had me sold every week with mm-hmm. <laughs> we all we all we got we all we need yeah. and they believed it mm-hmm. and we all we need we didn't care who got hurt we didn't care who went down. We all we got and we all we need. This team doesn't have that cohesiveness. This is a bunch of guys kind of doing their own thing. And for a first-year coach, it's going to be hard to kind of reel that in and write the ship. With that being said, how much, like, leeway does Sirianni deserve? Like, to a point, like, you know, we know certain things are going to be his fault. But how far does that go to where, you know, as, like, what certain things would continue to make you go, you know what, no, I got to hold his feet to the fire. This is a Nick Sirianni doesn't know what he's doing thing and not a, this is just a bad situation for him. So, like, how how far does that chain go? You know, like, it, if it's week it, 10 it, it, and they difficult. have the most penalties in NFL history through 10 weeks, are we out on Sirianni? <laughs> Again, I don't necessarily think that's him. I don't think that there's much you can do about that. I mean, flags are going to everybody's going to get flagged. You're going to average like 6 to 7 penalties a game at least. But it's difficult because right we're trying to evaluate the quarterback. We're trying to evaluate, you know, some of the offensive skill position players, right? Like you know, is Dallas Goddard going to be here long term? Are we just going to let, you know, Ertz stick around for as long as he can? Uh, you know, what the hell is going on with Miles Sanders? There are so many don't get me started on that. There are so many big questions around this team. I don't know if you can accurately grade Sirianni through this year. But and but you never know what you know Howie and Jeff Jeffrey are, are going to be cooking up. True, true. You we saw them be able to switch gears pretty quickly. The last two coaches really. Mm-hmm. Uh we didn't have Chip Kelly that long. It was like what was it? Three years. Three seasons. It was two. And then, like, they made the playoffs, had the same record, 10 and 6, and then didn't make the playoffs. And then it was like, no, everybody on this team fucking hates this yeah. dude. We got to get him out of here because the players don't like him. And then, even with Doug, it was like, this guy won a Super Bowl. And he were like, he doesn't want to do things our way, so he got to go. So, like, they can, they have the ability to have a short leash with guys, just like they can hold a guy here for 12 damn years, like they did with. Yep. With, with Andy so you know they can go either way so you never know but also um, 
another person that's getting a whole bunch of flack, and we talked about him a little bit earlier with Jalen Hurts, but like the criticism he gets for like people saying like I did, uh, and you can check it out on Triple Play Media. But uh, when I did hitting for the cycle, like one of my takes that I just destroyed was the fact that he a guy literally tweeted the Seriana Hurts era is over, it's done. I'm like four weeks in, it's over, just like that. It's over. <laughs> I'm like that. That's not how it works, dude. Yeah, like you gotta let it breathe. But I'm like, how? Like, if you've seen the criticism on the social medias, you know, outside of the, you know, the shutdown the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how do you grade it? Is it too much? Too little? Just right? Are they are they too hard on Jalen out there in the Twitter sphere? What do you think? I, I've seen people falling all over themselves in both directions. Right, like I was doing. Yeah, that's uh, insane. I, I was doing my. I was doing my taking on the takes. There's no one in uh, the middle for <laughs> for Bell and the Birdman, and I was looking at uh, NJ.com and this guy Chris Franklin. Right, now, I like Chris Franklin's work. You know, he, he's a really good writer, a really intelligent about football, but he's comparing Jalen Hurts' first eight games to, you know, Deshaun Watson's, to Russell Wilson's, to Kyler Murray's. Right, and he's like, "Here, Hertz has comparable numbers to all of these guys." You know, Hertz is already playing like a franchise quarterback. I'm like, he is absolutely not, right? <laughs> yeah, I forget who he, who they put it up against. They, oh no, they were just comparing it to Carson and how it was better mm-hmm. than Carson's last seven games or whatever. But that doesn't make or break anything. Yeah, doesn't and, make a difference. And, and uh, you know, he said a lot of things like, "Oh, oh, oh look at his intangible intangibles. Like, look at the, love, look oh, at look at the leadership, the t- right? Intangibles." Okay, uh, how many NFL teams would you assume uh, have the quarterback a, as a captain? I don't know, thirty-two of them. I, I would say at least fifty percent, if not more than that. Way higher. Yeah, Way higher, like 75 percent. Right there, there's thirty-two NFL teams. Yeah. There's uh, two teams, right? The Patriots. And the Miami Dolphins that don't currently have a quarterback as the uh, captain. And then there's six teams that alternate captains weekly. Yeah. So that's eight out of 32 teams that don't have a quarterback as captain, right? The Jaguars have Trevor Lawrence as captain. What the hell has he ever done as a leader, <laughs> right? What, been in a Pantene commercial, right? Zach, <laughs> Zach Wilson, right? BYU guy, you know, comes out of Salt Lake City and, and goes to, to the Big Apple, right? He's yeah. a leader all of a sudden. The Mormon Mahomes, yeah, baby. What? No. <laughs> no. He's like, oh, hey, he was voted as a captain by his peers. That, that's a lazy take, right? And it's... I'm Captain very French is a captain. <laughs> like, yeah, it means anything. I, I'm very concerned <laughs> about the relationship or the clash of personalities between Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. Like, I've seen good things from Jalen Hurts. I've seen bad things from Jalen Hurts. Everyone seems to gloss over the fact that he has committed like at least 13 fumbles in his NFL career already. Uh, the Eagles have just recovered five of them, so it doesn't look that bad but he's got more turnovers or he's put the ball on the ground more than he has in the end zone, which nobody talks about as a concern. Who but I have digress. more faith in getting it together, Sirianni or Hurts? Because I'll give you my opinion, but I want you to go first. It, d- it depends on what personality the Eagles want to choose because we've talked, people talk about Jalen Hurts as the calm, cool, collected guy and the one who's in. If you read his GQ interview, he talks about, you know, GQ. not being the guy to say much and you know, I'm just calm, I'm cool, I'm relaxed, you know. You know, everything is what it is. I'm just going to, you know, go out there and play ball, right? Okay. 
Yeah, but you've got Motormouth as a coach, right? You, you're yeah. going to have to show some type of personality, you know, outside of that. There's a huge clash there, you know, personality Absolutely, wise. absolutely. I see it too. Like, uh, I think it's going to be Sirianni. You think it's going to be Sirianni? I, I mean, I think I they'd more... rather invest in him than they would I think Jalen. They, oh, yeah. I think from a, a, a franchise standpoint, from an organizational standpoint, yeah, you go with Sirianni. I just think like, as far as like we're going to look at the totality of these people's careers and their particular states, one is a starting quarterback, one is a head coach. I would think I would bet on Jalen Hurts just because I see. Well, to what be we about to earlier, be what is he? Russell Wilson? Is he Seneca Wallace? I, is he Jason Campbell? Right, I, like what? Who is he? He has potential to be a Russell Wilson if he works at it. But the thing that inspires me is, again, we talked was earlier with the. Uh, accountability with some of these players he has that he'll come out and tell you he was out garbage and he was trash and he did this this and this wrong I don't see a lot of Sirianni going I, I made this mistake that was a bad call I shouldn't have did that or I shouldn't have did he, that's not really his thing he, he's more of a you know you know things happen we went out there you know <laughs> we tried this it didn't work yeah, what are you gonna do I'm like no I, I need that was stupid I shouldn't have done that but, like, Sirianni, he, he too cool for that, you know? <laughs> so, like, from that standpoint, it's like I trust Jalen to put in the work to be better at what he at what he does than I do Nick Sirianni, who's just like, hey, this shit don't work. It don't work. I'll well, try the, something else. At the end of the day, though, if you are the head coach of a football team, right, you're just going to be like, hey, listen, it, it wasn't, you know, our day-to-day. Right? Don't you have? I don't want to hear that. Don't don't you have to have faith in your system, in your decisions? Right? You can second guess all you want, but and things can be right in that moment. It may not translate to it on the field. Right? Like think about like if Greg Ward runs the football in, we're applauding Sirianni's play call, right? But because yeah. he throws it out of the back of the end zone, you know, like he's a, a buffoon. Yeah, like a chooch. <laughs> now we're talking about oh, does Sirianni know how to cross a goal line? Right. <laughs> You have a point. You have yeah. a point. I was just saying, yeah, and, and we see that a lot in sports, especially in the NFL. Like the, you micromanage these coaches' mm-hmm. decisions, and we say all the time, you know, if it works, do the genius. If it doesn't, he's a buffoon. Get him out of here, tar and feather. Put him in the public square. So I get what you're saying. Like if the stuff works, then we're not even having this conversation. Yeah. He looks like a genius. I'm going to grade Sirianni most heavily on like an upcoming game like this against the Panthers, against the Raiders, Chargers, right? Uh, football team, right? Those are the weeks that I'm going to be looking at them, you know, those sort of toss up weeks. The Broncos, right? You know, has the team bought in? Can they overcome a foe who is in a similar spot or, you know, going through changes as well, right? Like, yeah. The Broncos, who's going to be quarterback? Is Teddy Bridgewater going to be healthy? You know, uh, things like that. You know, uh, the Panthers, they just came off their first loss. You know, they don't have Christian McCaffrey. Are the wheels going to fall off there? You know, uh, they're losing pieces on defense. Like Zach Shaq Thompson's going to be out long term, right? Uh, the Oakland Raiders, are they for real? Right. These are all things that I'm going to be looking at uh going forward i think it's gonna be interesting and and i think you're right with that because i told a lot of people uh there was and it went crazy in uh uh john barger's uh mentions because he was saying how the defense was the least of our worries when it came to the last game and what we saw and the things we've seen also true 
which is true because the the offense and not being able to score in the red zone has hurt them the last two weeks. That was the problem. Like and time of, you time knew of possession. Time, time of possession, possession is a huge keep issue. The ball, you can't keep the ball. You can't run the ball to keep the other team off the field. You knew Kansas City was going to score points. That's what they do. But yeah. you can try to keep them off the field. You can try to match scores with them with better play calling and better with better execution uh, up close. So, like, but it was the people not looking at things from a, a big picture standpoint. They're like, oh, the last two weeks they give up like 70 points. They also played maybe the two best offenses in the entire NFL. Yeah. Anybody would have gave up 70 points in the last two weeks. What about the two weeks before that when they gave up, they averaged giving up 12 points a game and the defense was looking pretty damn good. Like, but nobody speaks about that. And then. I said, look, if they go up and give out forty to the Panthers, who have no, who may not have Christian McCaffrey, who are <laughs> chucking it with Sam Darnold, hey, then you can slam tell me defense slamming and Sammy Darnold is looking good. Sammy Darnold. And also, he's somehow leading Slinging the Sammy Darnold. He's leading the league or in the top five in the league in rushing touchdowns. That's insane, right? the The man has reinvented himself under Matt Rule's offense, and it's hilarious. <laughs> but like, I, yeah, like I said, like. If that team goes off and gets a whole bunch of yards and a whole bunch of points, mm-hmm. then you can say, oh, there's a defensive problem. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to be like, oh, they just played, they yeah. just had a tough out against some really good offensive opponents. Yeah. But that, yeah, I mean, that that uh, rookie back, Chuba Hubbard, Chuba yeah. Hubbard, yeah. He, Chuba Hubbard. He, he's good. Chuba he's, a, he's a real deal. He's a really, really good backup. He's a good back. Oh, yeah, and they got, got they got they got, got Robbie Anderson did. too. They, they've got themselves a nice I little got offense both there. Of them. Yeah. Robbie Anderson's been high garbage though. So, yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, from- birds go. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we got some birds out of the way. We did get some preseason basketball, Matt Marite. Uh Sixers were in action <laughs> last night against the Toronto Raptors. How was some preseason basketball already? I don't know, but it wasn't very good. I know. I, I, I was like, I was looking for the Did Flyers you care game. That it wasn't very good, or was it like meh? I, I was looking for the Flyers game on ninety-seven-five, and all of a sudden, that? I was at the Flyers game. I, I, I hear uh, amazing. By the way, uh, shout out to uh, Wells Fargo. I, I hear Al McGinnis sending me those tickets, and I'm like, what? Fred Van Fleet? What? <laughs> <laughs> Is he on the Leafs now? No. <laughs> but, no, we have basketball. Yeah, I mean, look. They didn't win. <laughs> no, they didn't. They lost by 18. But <laughs> my whole thing is like, were there any like initial thoughts? Like, okay, I like this. I don't like that. Was there anything? <laughs> or was it just, oh, okay. I saw a Seth alley-oop to Furcon. I loved that. Oh, oh, man. That's the highlight of my October I so just, far. I just hope we. That's not a, <laughs> that's not a vision of things to come as far as people not being able to pronounce his damn name. I'm going to need him to know it's Quirkmouth. Hey, all, uh, Kirkmas. All, I know, Kirkmas. all I know is Turkish Airlines is taking off this year. Furkan Kirkmas. Furky from Turkey is about to start Furky cooking. Turkey. I love it. Furky's love Cafe, it. baby. I'm getting a shirt, Furky from Turkey. Yep. You got to get it made now. <laughs> right the radio. Furky from Turkey on the back. But <laughs> I, I know you want to evaluate our big free agent signing. Or, yes. Well, essentially yes. our only I free like agent the signing. <laughs> Drummond Blade. 19 and 14. In his uh, little preseason debut, yeah, I can I will take that all day long. That's what he's going to give me when he spells Embiid. I think that's way more production than we got out of Dwight Howard. And he had some games where he would be on and get you that 
really small double double or whatever. But mm-hmm. if you're giving me somebody that can get me close to twenty, and then also close to fifteen boards, I'm happy with that all day long. I think that's a great way to be able to spell Embiid. Who, if you don't get anything good for Ben Simmons, and we can talk about that, like you're going to need to lean on Joel as the focal point of your offense of your team. And you're going to need a guy that can come in and adequately spell him when you do have to give him rest because you're going to have to. I mean, Drummond has to buy in, uh, you know, mentally to being the backup, to being a backup to a guy who has clowned him on social media in the past. Right. You know, obviously, from the looks of it, that's all been put in the past. But. Right. He's a professional. He's a he's He's a professional. But at the same time. You know, we have to wonder if Drummond starts feeling good, if he starts, like, getting his shine a little bit, has a really good game. All of a sudden, you know, is he going to start stepping out of his bounds or, you know, or trying to do things where he shows up and is, you know, the biggest, uh, you know, sort of, you know, star of the game. Uh, but, it's you know, I, I like him. I think it's going to go well. I think it's an experiment, you know, because he is the dinosaur version, you know, the dinosaur era version of a center. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's 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 a throwback for sure. Now I did see some stuff, some murmurings again. I hate to go to the social media because people will be jumping on Harris up. Levert. Even Harris Levert. That, I did see that. I saw that on the on the drive in here. But what I, I honestly thought he was I like thought he couldn't play anymore. Yeah. What I also saw was given the roster as it is, not depending on you know who they get for Ben or if Ben doesn't play. This team is a seven seed. After being the one seed, I don't buy that bullshit at all. Like, people saying that are ridiculous. Like, I heard about just being a pessimist, like, just generally. But come on, dude. From one to seven. I give that that one the people's, huh? The people's (laughs) eyebrow on that bad boy. But you got to do the home improvement, girl. Huh? (laughs) 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 No. Four, five, that seems a little more accurate. And yeah. Now middle of the route. We, I, guess, I we have, have a, to worry about now. I have I'm a lot of faith in Tyrese Maxey, which I feel like you know it, it is a big factor in that, right? You know, I'm ready to write off Shake Milton, but at the same time, you know, I, I think Tobias We it, all should be ready yeah. to write off Shake Milton. Tobias is a good foil, right? Seth's gonna, you know, be Seth. He's gonna hit threes. I, I do worry a little bit about the rotation, right? And that second unit. But, you know, if Matisse improves at all, this team will be fine. If Maxi is who we think he is and Matisse improves, we're good. Easy, yeah. Easily a fourth seed, should be a third seed. I mean... Depending on the Ben package, we could be right there competing for first. Yeah, and to me, it all depends on the Ben package. If they get something substantial back for him, I'm all in on doing exactly what they did last season. The Ike Reese drop. I have to see the package. Got to see the package. <laughs> you know, like now I could say some of those younger teams that were kind of thrown together kind of give me pause now uh, with uh, the whole Ben situation up in the air, like the Miamis and the Chicago's who went mm-hmm. out and got a couple guys like Miami went out and got Kyle Lowry, uh, Chicago, they're out there with DeMar and Lonzo. Mm-hmm. So like and, and uh, Levine and Levine, the Hornets are better. Yeah, uh, they also got our boy like Curly, the the engine, the heart of the Los Angeles Lakers recent championship team. Uh, <laughs> what's the name? That's our boy. 
Oop, the ball hit. <laughs> Caruso. Caruso, yeah, yeah. There you go. Hey, thank you. Right? Another he, another vowel. <laughs> you gotta worry about you gotta worry about Atlanta. Right. Atlanta, they're gonna yeah. be good. It, they're still they still got that core and damn herder. Right, they got her. that name. Like, is in my nightmares. They they <laughs> her, they, yeah. they got Werder. They've got uh, another <laughs> member of the Maritea Christmas Party, Denil Gallinari, the tallest <laughs> member. <laughs> All of these guys are going for the seven fishes at Mets. <laughs> yeah, Gallinari, Siriani, Gargano. You know, Gallin- Gallinari is big on the calamari. Gallinari, calamari. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or, or, or is it shortened to, in, in the Italian-American vernacular, the calamar, you know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Matt got a little, got a little cherry your, pepper on the side. <laughs> That's Matt Marite with your Italian word of the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, w- I, was, I was pleasantly surprised by Drummond. I think he's going to be a, a, a good piece, mm-hmm. spell and beat. And like you said, I'm somewhere middle of the road if they don't get anything spectacular back for Ben. Right. And, and they're looking at B-Ball Paul as a four-ish in this, yeah. <laughs> B-Ball Paul. Right, yeah, but, but like this is the situation now with the Sixers, right? Like there's so little movement on this Ben front, right? Yeah. So we're talking about B-Ball Paul is like our backup power forward. <laughs> Not good. Uh, he needs to go so quickly so I can you know, sleep. At night, so you can sleep. At I, I was ta- I was talking to my buddy Tim, and you know I sent him the Furcon highlight because everybody knows I'm big on on turkey from Furkey. Uh, but you know we were going through. He's just like I'm so out on this team. I could write a book on it, and we just start going back and forth on titles. It's like you know, like uh, Ben stole my joy. Ben stole my joy. Trusted. Trusted. Now. I can no longer process. Oh wow. <laughs> My be- my bells have rung. <laughs> these all sound like <laughs> these all sound like Oscar beat. Yeah, like, right. Oh, we're just, I'm just we're we're just defeated Sixers fans. Right. We need that infusion of a trade. <laughs> the, the curious case of Benjamin Bucket. Give me Tyree. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Give me Tyrese Halliburton, please. <laughs> Give me Buddy Healed two years too late. All right, I'll take it. I'll take anything substantial at this point. But there was another preseason that has gotten underway. I happened to go see the game uh, live the other day. We got some hockey. Yes. I did go see the Flyers from what I saw. I got I got to see the captain. I got to see Drew make a goal, which was like heaven. All right. Check that off the bucket list. I got to see Claude Drew <laughs> score a goal in person. Bam. Done. I can die a happy man. You've been watching too much soccer. We go to Tony Unies. No, they put that they, up on the He screen. made a goal. No, they put that up on the <laughs> on the board thing. It said goal. It didn't say like a score. Yeah. It said goal. Well, no, goal is good. Score a goal is it and make a score goal. goal. Make a goal, score a goal. I didn't say he kicked a goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got one in between the pipes. There yeah. you go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, got to see that. They they won three one. Now it was interesting that they did have some uh, extracurriculars. They did let them uh, have a shootout anyway, even though they had already won the game outright. They had a shootout, which yeah, that's irked a- me because then you got Capitals fans poking their chests out and shit, acting like it mattered because they won the shootout but <laughs> lost the game. I'm like y'all lost the game. The game is gonna go in the book as an L. <laughs> Why are you pumping your chest out of me because you want a shootout on the eleventh guy? <laughs> Because that, they both stunk. That's a weird preseason wrinkle they're doing. It if both <laughs> coaches agree, 
they'll have a shootout at the end. I don't know why they're doing it. I guess the Flyers do need to practice it because they are yeah. historically the worst team in the league on it. But They were historically bad <laughs> yeah. the other night. But I mean, I think this they is got your year. Nine before they made one to make it. Like- this, this is your year. Let Let's get you full into hockey. Let's oh, get yeah. right the radio oh, a full Flyers podcast. I'm ready to abandon the Sixers. One hundred percent. No, we can't do that. We can't do that. But I am. I'm. I'm. I'm all on board. I can't wait to go to some more games. Fun, amazing. Like I've been to Sixers games, stuff like that. Like I didn't get nearly the interaction. Mm-hmm. I mean, like from. Like fan to fan, as I did from a Flyers preseason yeah. game, because there was like the whole thing is I got sent four tickets for the Wings coverage that I do probably be covering them this season. So because of that, they gave, they sent me just four tickets in in my email. Hey, here's four tickets Flyers game. I'm like all right, cool. Yeah, I got a buddy, uh, my buddy Ashley. Shout out to Ashley. Uh, <laughs> not not Woodsy. Yeah, different Ashley. Ashley from Philly. Uh, that I went to middle school with. I've known her since the first grade. She's a big hockey fan. Her and her husband big hockey fans. I was like, hey, got some extra tickets. Can't get anybody from uh, Bell and the Birdman to go. Everybody's busy. These important people here at last out. But uh, <laughs> so I, I gave her the tickets. So her and her husband came. Me and my bu- me and one of my buddies came. But her husband was like an entire riot. And he was like teasing the guy they had on the <laughs> Capitol jersey. And it was weird because he had on a, I don't know who Wilson is for the Capitals. Oh, Tom Wilson is their big like he's six so four, there was a two dude. twenty. He leads their team penalty minutes. Man. He knocks dudes you, out, fights them, but he also scores twenty goals a year. I was crying because the guy had on the Wilson jersey and he was yelling at him from like across the section, like he was one section over. He was yelling at him, "Hey, Mister Wilson!" But in the Dennis Demenez voice, yeah, he was like, "Hey, Mister Wilson, <laughs> <laughs> look at the scoreboard, Mister Wilson." <laughs> They kept doing it though. That's I great. was crying. I'm like, I've never experienced nothing like that. Like, I'll go to a Sixers game and nobody, you don't really, I, I, I don't see people taunting other teams' fans that and, much. And also, everybody's kind of usually yeah. on one accord, but you know, hockey, you might get split personality. Maybe at a football game, you'll see it too. A, a Sixers uh, game is a like, place to be photographed, right? Yeah. Like, you would, like, oh, yo, I, I'm at the court side, you know, we got baskets in the back. Like, the Sixers. Are an Instagrammable team, like it's an Instagrammable, oh, for sure. Like associated, it's the atmosphere. It's yeah. like the club. Like you go to a Sixers game against a team that's really good, yeah. Which means you're gonna have like, like you're more likely to see somebody in heels be expensive than a jersey. You gonna exactly, you're gonna see the the, the ladies that come out yeah. for those games. I'm like, are y'all at the club? I mean, tight skirts. I'm like, you're trying to bag you a baller. I get it. Yeah. Like, like this is the, this is the day to come because uh, these are the games where all the drug dealers sit real close to the court. <laughs> yeah. I get it. All the guys with money, they, they sit closer. They're in the club box. Look, I've seen Furcon. <laughs> I've seen Furcon's chain. That man can absolutely be had in the club if one of those ladies can find them. <laughs> if they can sneak into the VIP. Holla they, at Fergie from Turkey, yeah. ladies. He's out there. Absolutely. Sweat, sweatsuit God, but for yeah, sure. I love the atmosphere of the Flyers game, just the way we reacted, the high-fiving, all of that. You know, a little sanitizer, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun, and I'm, I'm all for it. The but what is Flyers your- games are fun because... Like Flyers fans want to create more Flyers fans. Oh, for sure. Right. We yeah. want we want to be a repopulating, a bubbling thing. Yeah. They they want you to come. Well, yeah, man. It's like this all the time. That's everybody yeah. kept telling me. You got to come to more games. What is your outlook on the on the, the season going forward? Is this is this a team that can get back to where they were during? I don't think they can get back to where they were in the pandemic because that was special circumstances. How with the bubble and all that, they got to the one seat, but. Mm-hmm. 
I do believe they can be better than what we saw last season where they didn't play any fucking yes. defense. Yes, they could definitely be better <laughs> than last season. Yeah. Carter Hart in front of him, like, can I get a defenseman? Yeah. <laughs> well, we got we got two more this year, good, right? Good. So we we've got uh Rosmus Ristolainen, who's our big towering guy. He's gonna take care of the nasty stuff. He's gonna be our porch clearer, right? Get into a couple fights, you know, throw his weight around. So we get that's good. That's something they haven't had in a long time. And then we've got Ryan Ellis, who's like that sort of bona fide top pair, complimentary guy, can play everything, can play everywhere, right? So just having those two guys alone should be enough to, to help boost the defense and give Carter Hart some, you know, reliable coverage night in and night out, right? The question is going to be, you know, Carter Hart, uh, is he mentally recovered? Is he able to sort of carry that load? Because I don't think so much of Martin Jones, the guy they brought in to be the backup. And then it's going to be, can they score, right? Because, it, I mean, they don't really have a bona fide goal score. They have Joel Farabee, who looks like he can be very good. They have James Van Riemsdyk, who's incredibly streaky. And then we've got Cam Atkinson, who's the new sort of goal-scoring guy, right? He came over from Columbus. Their system was a little bit stifling, a little more defensive-oriented. He didn't fit in so well, but he has scored you know, upwards of 30, 40 goals before. So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I'm confident they can do better than last year, but making the playoffs is going to be very difficult. Yeah, because the their division is very good, right? You have a team like the Islanders who have been to the semis the last two years. You have you know Pittsburgh who you know still have a pretty deep roster. You have Washington. You have the Devils who are up and coming, right? There was a guy there with a Devils sweatshirt on too, and I was like, "What are you doing here?" Dude? I mean, he just loves hockey. He, he's just, <laughs> I'm like, trying to watch. He's a yeah. hockey guy, yeah. yeah. But it's the East is very good. Uh, it's going to be a fight for that last wild card spot. I mean, the Rangers are really are going to be good again. Yeah. They've had a couple top draft picks. I mean, there's. I mean, they could get stuck in being just a middling team, being like a, you know, like a 13th pick overall, a 14th pick, that type of thing, just because the East has gotten so much better and the Flyers haven't progressed because they haven't had that sort of tankier and gotten that sort of special player. Right. We're still relying on Giroux and Couturier to be the guys, right? And we're yeah. looking for Konechny to sort of step up in the absence of a Voracek. It's going to be a big year, right? I need to see something out of Proby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's going to play 28 minutes a night. He's going to have a steely 1,000-yard stare. <laughs> and continue. I'm not still not sure he knows English. <laughs> I'm not sure. But from all intents and purposes, he's the first one at the rink every day, and he works out like a like a machine. So I'm not worried about him uh, so much as I just hope he doesn't break down because that kind of schedule, that kind of regimentation, yeah. it can backfire on you, especially as young as he is. I agree. I agree. That's definitely something you have to look out for. Now, I was I was going to bring up the Phillies, but since we we, we actually gotten through that, it's over. It yeah, don't matter have, anymore. Yeah. They're dead to us mm-hmm. <laughs> until we have to worry about it when the when it's the spring. So, because it is Hispanic Heritage Month, I did have yes, a little is. something for tales from the press box. I thought we would get into some of our top five. I suggested we have our top five favorite Hispanic coaches or players. Any sport doesn't matter. Throw five names out there. I'll go first. I know uh, my. One of my coaches got to be Riverboat Ron. I just yep. I, 
Something about a Puerto Rican linebacker. I just fuck with it heavy. It's just, it just screams dope to me. Like, like, where they get those at? I love it. 85 Bears gambles when he coaches. Has the same mentality. Just be tough. Just go after it. Shouts out to Riverboat Ron. Uh, boxing. Uh, Miguel Cotto's my guy. I love Miguel Cotto. He was good. I like Cotto a lot. I like Cotto miles and miles of heart. Even like I loved when he got when he got robbed by that guy. Uh, who was it that used the uh, plaster in his glove? Uh, Antonio Margarito. Yeah, Margarito. And he yeah. came back and beat his beat oh, yeah. the bullshit out of Margarito. <laughs> I loved it. I was, I was, I cried because he deserved to beat mm-hmm. his ass after getting done like that. So <laughs> Miguel Cotto is my number two. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Basketball. I'm going Paul Gasol. I like I like the Spaniard. I like Paul Gasol. Does he count? No, no, no. I guess it's not really Hispanic, is it? Yeah, no, no, no. That's more Spanish. No, it's just it's just straight Spanish. <laughs> straight Spanish. No, his. Uh, oh, uh, Pepe. Uh, what was the name? He used to play for Temple. I like that guy's yeah. name. I just like Pepe. <laughs> Pepe was Pepe Lopez. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, him. He's on my list. He's on my list. He's on my list. Uh, who else? I hate I hate him, but he was good. Oscar De La Hoya, he, he's got to go there. He was good. He didn't really he he'll, and he'll say this that he didn't really he wasn't really trying to duck people or whatever. Like he kind of throws that Floyd, which kind of bullshit. You know, you can't really blame a guy for who they put in front of him. He beating everybody put in front of him. But Oscar De La Hoya is a good name. And then let's see five. Oh oh yeah, favorite. Favorite uh, Hispanic name in all the sports. I I like him not only for his game. I'm going baseball here. I like him not only for his game. You throw a motherfucker out from wherever. <laughs> but give me Yadier Molina because I like saying fucking Yadier. Yes. Yeah. Name <laughs> yeah. that Molina. It's name Yadier. That Molina, it's Yadier. <laughs> I love saying Yadier Molina. So, man, Marite, you got five. Yadier Molina is really, really good choice. Yes, I love seeing him throw people out. That, from, that almost makes up for the fact that you took De La Hoya, who is just, ugh, I hate De La Hoya. I, hate I don't like him as a person, but, you know. Well, also, I am on Team Canelo, who is obviously my number one Whoa. draft pick, Canelo Alvarez. <laughs> Cinnamon? Saul? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 lo- I love a Hispanic dude that's not as dark as me. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> a Hispanic dude with red hair, I will go to my grave saying he's an Irishman. Right. And that, <laughs> He's got freckles, damn it. <laughs> like, you could not be more from Jalisco than that guy. Uh, and I, I love his biggest flex is that he, like, he just refuses to speak English, even though he knows English. Yes. I've heard him he curse. me with that. He knows it. He makes everyone say the Spanish. I love that. Bring the interpreter in here. I've essentially practically learned Spanish just from listening to Canelo interviews. I went, I went purposely one one day, I don't know, it was April Fool's or whatever. I'm refusing to bring the interpreter out <laughs> and making him fucking speak English. But I love Canelo. I mean, he's a hell of a fighter. Oh, he's got Canelo. a huge fight coming oh, yeah. up. Um, let's see. Who else is there? Uh, against Plant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. against Plant. Um, let's see. Oh. Juan Samuel. I'm a big Juan Samuel yeah, guy. <laughs> one of my Juan favorite guy? one of my favorite Phillies bench uh, coaches. Always out there on the field. Uh, uh also an interpreter uh, for, for number three, uh Carlos Ruiz for Chooch. Oh, yeah, Chooch. Yep, our Panamanian friend. Uh <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously Chooch was the nicest guy ever and a centerpiece to the 
Phillies championship team, uh, you know, get along with – he made every pitcher better. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, very good player in his own right. Got popped for Adderall, which was hilarious. <laughs> right? Out of all the banned substances. Right? Like, he that was a banned substance. You didn't get no HGH yeah. or nothing, Church? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Uh, from an out of towner, another baseball one. I loved Ozzy Guillen. Ozzy, that I mean, that guy uh, was ready to like explode at any moment. He's, hey, a, they they didn't know it. he's a really good analyst <laughs> now. I love Ozzie. listening to him. Ozzy snaps. <laughs> yeah, he, goes he does. Off, he goes off. He does. That's a, I love that about <laughs> him. And uh, trying to pick another one from another sport. Uh, I got. I got one. I I, I should have remembered. I was trying to make sure where he was from. Make yeah. sure he fit in. But you got to hit that Google. In. Yeah, but he does a- fit in after you powed. Yeah, right <laughs> after I powed, got a good pow out here. Yeah. Uh, Just because I love the oh. nickname. Julio Cesar, Julio Cesar Chavez. Oh, legend. Yeah, legendary legend. I mean, just all of his fights are insane. Uh, how he puts out for his son. Even though his son is like a disgrace, um, you know, with, with Junior, uh, mm-hmm. and I mean, he was still fighting. He just fought a dude in a charity fight. He fought fought a uh, Macho Camacho's kid. Oh wow! Just because they still have bad man. blood. Yeah. Oh wow! And he trained for it too. And he loves. I mean, he loves Canelo. He he sort of set up this whole succession or succession of Mexican boxing and like giving him the throne. It's always it's just really cool to see. Always. Yeah, yeah. Some honorable mentions. I like uh our guy uh Roberto Duran. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Panamanian. No mas. Mm-hmm. And my favorite my favorite football nickname from coming up watching football in the late nineties, early two thousands. Martin Gramatica. Yeah. Automatica. Automatica Gramatica. Yeah. He was re- <laughs> really, really good. Yeah. Billy Tours. <laughs> Celebrating who does that, but I loved it. <laughs> oh man, remember we like to thank all our you know the Hispanic Americans for every contribution they do, especially sports. It's what we do, but yeah. all over great Hispanic Heritage Month. Make sure you go and do your research, land up on some of the great Hispanic people that have driven, uh, invention, everything in this country. So make sure you go do that. Do your Googles. But fifteenth I mean, to fifteenth. <laughs> It's it's not an actual it's not like a s- actual month fifteenth to fifteenth we're right in the thick of it right right now. In the, right right there right in the core but uh yeah I think that's gonna be it for us it's about that time so I like to thank everybody for tuning in as always I'm Bobby Dubs if you want to find me you can find me in uh, John Barchard's mentions uh, or on Twitter at, at Robin Whitney uh, on Instagram Rob with a writer you can go to Facebook type in Rob Whitney. You can find me at Triple Play Media as well as Matt Maritea and all the other great writers we have and people that do podcasts and all that other great stuff. Also, Last Out Media, Write the Radio, all the rest of the great podcasts here. Bell and the Birdmen every Sunday. We'll be at the Henry James Saloon hanging out. Bunch of fun there. I may or may not have a swag bag. Depends. You got to come out and see. You never know. But uh, yeah, where can they find you, Matt Maritea? Uh, you can find me shouting out Carmelo Anthony, <laughs> greatest Puerto Rican I ever suit up in the NBA. Yeah, Mellow Man. Yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. You, you forget. You forget. Yeah. Three yeah. to the dome. Three to the dome. <laughs> yeah, no. Probably because he was in Denver for so long. <laughs> and you forget anything in Denver. Yeah, no. 
Like, because that that should be huge news when he was first drafted. But no, he went to the Nuggets. So doesn't exactly. Yeah. He should have went to Detroit so bad. I'll, I'll go to my grave thinking he should have been in Detroit. It would have been so oh, nice. Oh, Darko. Dar- anyway, <laughs> you can find me working at Darko's farm in Slovenia. Um, other than that, I'm also on Twitter uh, at Matthew Maratea. That is the full name. Uh, double T's H E W M A R A T E A. Sound like you're doing Jeff Jarrett. J A J E double F J A double R E double T. Watch out. Uh, guitar and a pole match. I will destroy you. Um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Last Out Media, Triple Play Media, Bell and the Birdman. We're doing all sorts of fun stuff. Your local uh, at all rink. three. Yes. <laughs> you can find me at the Class of 23 Arena, uh, on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, if you want to, you know, try to do some one-on-one, I'll play you in posts. Uh, you'll get your knees wrecked like Wolf the Dentist Stanson tried to wreck Bombay's. <laughs> uh, and that's about it. Open all comers. Guitar match, one-on-ones, bring it.